0: Part three, chapter three of *The Country House* by John Galsworthy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter three: Mrs. Bellew squares her accounts. Mrs. Bellew sat on her bed, smoothing out the halves of the letter. By her side was her jewel case, taking from it an amethyst necklace, an emerald pendant, and a diamond ring. She wrapped them in cotton wool and put them in an envelope. The other jewels she dropped one by one into her lap and sat looking at them. At last, putting two necklets and two rings back into the jewel case, she placed the rest in a little green box and, taking that and the envelope, went out. She called a hansom, drove to a post office, and sent a telegram. Pendyce STOICS CLUB be at studio six to seven h from her post-office she drove to her jeweller's and many a man who saw her pass with the flush on her cheeks and the smouldering look in her eyes as though a fire were alight within her turned in his tracks and bitterly regretted that he knew not who she was or whither going the jeweller took the jewels from the green box weighed them one by one and slowly examined each through his lens. He was a little man with a yellow wrinkled face and weak little beard, and having fixed in his mind the sum that he would give, he looked at his client, prepared to mention less. She was sitting with her elbows on the counter, her chin resting in her hands, and her eyes were fixed on him. He decided somehow to mention the exact sum. "'Is that all?' "'Yes, madam.' that's the utmost very well but i must have it now in cash the jeweler's eyes flickered it's a large sum he said most unusual i haven't got such a sum in the place then please send out and get it or i must go elsewhere the jeweler brought his hands together and washed them nervously excuse me for a moment i'll consult my partner he went away and from afar he and his partner spied her nervously he came back with a forced smile mrs blue was sitting as he had left her it's a fortunate chance i think we can just do it madam give me notes please and a sheet of paper the jeweler brought them mrs blue wrote a letter enclosed it with the bank notes and the bulky envelope she had brought addressed it and sealed the whole call a cab please the jeweler called a cab chelsea embankment the cab bore her away again in the crowded streets so full of traffic people turned to look after her the cabman who put her down at the albert bridge gazed alternately at the coins in his hands and the figure of his fare and wheeling his cab towards the stand jerked his thumb in her direction Mrs. Blue walked fast down a street till turning a corner she came suddenly on a small garden with three poplar trees in a row. She opened its green gate without pausing, went down a path, and stopped at the first of three green doors. A young man with a beard resembling an artist who was standing behind the last of the three doors watched her with a knowing smile on his face. She took out a latch-key put it in the lock, opened the door, and passed in. The sight of her face seemed to have given the artist an idea. Propping his door open, he brought an easel and canvas, and setting them so that he could see the corner where she had gone in, began to sketch. An old stone fountain with three stone frogs stood in the garden near that corner, and beyond it was a flowering currant bush, and beyond this again, the green door on which a slanting gleam of sunlight fell. He worked for an hour, then put his easel back and went out to get his tea. Mrs. Blue came out soon after he was gone. She closed the door behind her and stood still. Taking from her pocket the bulky envelope, she slipped it into the letter box, Then bending down, picked up a twig and placed it in the slip to prevent the lid falling with a rattle having done this she swept her hands down her face and breast as though to brush something from her and walked away beyond the outer gate she turned to the left and took the same street back to the river she walked slowly luxuriously looking about her once or twice she stopped and drew a deep breath as though she could not have enough of the air she went as far as the embankment, and stood leaning her elbows on the parapet. Between the fingers and thumb of one hand, she held a small object on which the sun was shining. It was a key. Slowly, luxuriously, she stretched her hand out over the water, parted her thumb and finger, and let it fall. End of chapter 3